If a person doesn't have the sign that he's connected to Hashem, you can't trust him with anything. Wherever you get your podcasts from, or our own website, prismoftorah.com. This is The Prism of Torah with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. This week, Pasha's boy, proud to be a Jew. Shalom to everyone. This week's Parsha, Parsha's boy, as we know, we're starting the journey of the redemption, the Geula. We have three makas left, and towards the end, HaKadosh Buchu is commanding us to do two mitzvahs. The mitzvah of Bris Milo and the mitzvah of Koban Pesach. We know Koban Pesach, we took a sheep we get, uh, and we took the blood also and put it on the doorpost. HaKadosh Buchu then was Poseach, skipped over the doors, the houses of where there was blood, and all the Egyptian houses, in each one of them, HaKadosh Buchu killed every firstborn. Rashi. In this week's parsha, Perikut Beis Pasukimel, when it talks about the fact that we each take a sheep to our household, Rashi explains that we didn't have any mitzvahs to, and through which we can merit to, to leave Egypt and start our path to the Geula, the redemption. And all this is hinted in Psukim and Yecheskel, Vas Erom Veriyah, your naked of mitzvahs. And hence, HaKadosh Buch gave us two mitzvahs. Both of them are blood-related. Dam Pesach v'dam Mila, the blood of the common Pesach and the blood of the Bris Mila that we each did. As it says... Also a hint over there in the Psukim, mitposeses bedomaich. Two types of bloods we were dealing with, Dam Pesach and Dam Milo. The question is, what's so unique about these mitzvahs? The mitzvah of Milo and the mitzvah of Korban Pesach. And it makes sense that they will have some common denominator. Why? Because Tafka, they were chosen for Bnei Israel to do in order to have the appropriate schuyot to leave Egypt. Out of all the 248 positive commandments that we have, these are the only two that if a person refrains from doing, even in a passive way, a person gets a horrible punishment, which is kalis, which means you get separated from HaKadosh Buchum Bnei Soil. What is so extreme about these mitzvahs that they deserved to be the mitzvahs we're dealing with, that we got in order to have the privilege to be saved by Kaddish Bulhu, even though as we know Bnei Israel were not on the highest of levels to say the least in Mitzrayim. And yet these two mitzvahs were enabled us to have the schuyas to, to get saved. And also what's so unique about those two mitzvahs that their punishment is so extreme. So I want to suggest that the concept and what is unique about these two mitzvahs is that they both symbolize the disconnection from the going. Harei Bnei Israel were so together with the Egyptians and that's why they reached such a low level of Tumah that these two mitzvahs are doing exactly the opposite. They're showing a clear demarcation between us and the Goyim. We're different. Just like we say in Avdalah, that HaKadosh Buchu is Mavdil, separates between Or and Choyshech, so to HaKadosh Buchu also Mavdil between the Goyim and Bnei Israel. And we have to do that and that is what these mitzvahs accomplished. Disconnect from the goyim, a clear demarcation between us and them, and hence allows us to go tachas kanfei ashchina, and the shchina can dwell with us because we'll become one with the kodesh bochu. Koban Pesach, this idea screams out because what did we actually do? We took a se, the sheep, which was the Egyptians' gods, and we slaughter it in front of their faces. We have to make sure. We put it on the fire and it's a unique korban that you don't take pieces of it. You take the whole thing as a whole that you see it was a sheep and you put it on fire. And if you're able to do that, 
that shows it's a clear symbol that you are trying to disconnect from the Goyim. And then you take that same blood and you put it on the doorpost, symbolizing Bnei Israel. We have chosen to be with HaKadosh Buhu and not with the Egyptians. Bris Mila is also the same idea. The idea is that we're making a sign in our, on our bodies. An ois, bris. This is my identity, Amiyid. And we're doing it in our bodies. And again, we're ensuring everyone is aware, we're aware, we're making a stamp on our bodies that we are an Eved Hashem. We're connected to HaKadosh Buhu. Why are these two mitzvahs related to blood? As we said, Because we know that Blood, the dam, represents the chayus and the nefesh, the whole essence of a person and his nefesh. As it says in the Pasuk, ki adam hua nefesh. And therefore, it is the best way to express ourselves through these mitzvahs to say we have changed. Our essence is a yid. We're connected to HaKadosh Buhu. That is what the blood represents. That is who we are. Our essence, the blood is the essence, the nefesh of a person we are different. We're not like the Egyptians. We are, and we're connected to HaKadosh Buhu. With this idea, we can easily answer the famous question that my, uh, my dear friend that helps us with all the with technical all the aspects, aspects and even more than that, more than that, more than that, podcast. He's now writing up a article about why did HaKadosh Buhu need us to put blood on the doorpost in order to know which houses to skip and only hit the houses that don't have blood on them to kill their firstborns. HaKadosh Buhu knows everything. He needs us to do that. The answer would be, the blood on the doorpost is not for Hashem. It's a way for us to declare and express ourselves to everyone. We are Yidins and we're proud of it. I am proud to be of a Jew. And I want to be with HaKadosh Buhu and totally disconnected and have a clear demarcation from the, the mitzvim that are full of Tumah. We don't want to be like them. That's not what we're here for. With this, we can also answer why these two mitzvahs have such a severe punishment. These are the only two mitzvahs that say that if you refrain from doing, you get a huge punishment of, of Kares, which is a disconnect from HaKadosh Buch and Bnei Yisrael. Because that is exactly what the essence of the mitzvahs are trying to do, the opposite of that. They're connecting us to the team of Am Yisrael. And if we do not do these mitzvahs, then we're showing Chas V'Shalom, we we're not willing to disconnect from the mitzvah, from the goyim. We want to be with the goyim. And hence, that is the obvious result and punishment the person deserves. That's what you want? Okay, we'll give you that. You're going to be disconnected from Kal which is the biggest punishment. With this, we can also explain why Shabbos, Shabbos is the only mitzvah, is the only mitzvah that if a person, or Avera, that if a person is over Shabbos on purpose, is called Mumar Lekol HaToyra. Usually when a person we know is not good in a certain mitzvah, we can say, okay, we don't trust him for that, I, for that thing. But if he doesn't, is not Shomer Shabbos, we don't trust him for anything. Mumar Lekol Kula, it's called. What's Pshat? Also, Avoid Azar is like that. So, Avoid Azar is obvious. If he's not Oyved Hashem, Oyved Avoid Azar, how can we trust him for anything? For Shabbos, why? And the answer, based on what we're saying, is because what's Shabbos? It's also a sign that we're connected to Hashem. It's a sign between us and the Kaddish Buch that we're connected. 
If a person doesn't have the sign that he's connected to Hashem, you can't trust him with anything. The Chavetz Chaim brings a famous mashal that if a person goes to a certain store to fix his shoes and he sees the store is closed, so he understands, okay, he's not here for a couple of days. But if he comes to the store and the whole sign on the top is gone, it doesn't say anymore the, 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 the shoe fixers, then you know you're in shtoch, you know that that store is finished. Same thing here. If a person doesn't keep Shabbos, there's no more sign. Similar to the idea we're saying. What's very critical to understand over here is that the change had to come from Klal Yisrael. That's why HaKadosh Buhu gave us his mitzvahs. You want to be Tachas Kanfei HaShechina. You want to be together with HaKadosh Buhu where the Shechina is dwelling and that HaKadosh Buhu will save us and take us out of everything we're going through, out of all the issues, the dangers, and redeem us. You have to start from yourself. You have to take upon yourself these two important mitzvahs that show and scream out that you want to be with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's the general idea in life. That the first step has to come from us. Especially when a person is in Tzavos, and he needs help from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he feels like he's a bit down, and he wants to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we have to take the first step. When we take the first step, even if it's a small step, but we are showing signs of wanting to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kaddish Buchu as a result of that act, but we need to start with that act. But if we do that action and we get close to Kaddish Buchu, that will be the petach, the window with which we will get shefa, abundance of bocho from Kaddish Buchu through that window we created. And that's what happened here with Bnei Yisrael. There's a famous marshal I want to add that Chazal bring down that as we know that Bnei Yisrael are nimshal to fire, and the goyim are nimshal to water. And we know that if you have fire and water, then the water takes out the fire. If we're going to mingle with the goyim and be exactly like them, chas v'shalom, that's going to be the end of it. But we can be a light to the nations if we have a demarcation between us and them. If there's a pot that represents the demarcation between us, Bnei Israel, the fire, and the water, then we're changing the water to be something better. We're heating up the water. It's a totally different ballgame. But we have to remember that we are different. We have to do our best to be different. And how are we different? The pot also represents the Torah. We have the Torah. We abide by the Torah. We have our own set of rules. And through those rules, we get closer to HaKadosh Buhu. I think it's very fitting, before I end up with the story, to tell you a Chai Adam. I have a Chavusa I learn every day now a Chai Adam with. And the Chai Adam says a little drush. He says, in Aleinu Leshabeach, we say so many, four times we say what we're different than Goim. Why four different times? So the Chai Adam goes there in depth to say each Lashon, why it's different, what the difference is. I'm just going to share with you the first one. Shelo Asanu He didn't create us like the Goim. What does that mean? The word of Asanu, which means he didn't create us like the Goim. Asiya is something to do with Nefesh and Neshama. As we know, it talks about Avram and Sarah, that they created the fascists. Why? Because they brought them closer to Hashem. He says, our neshama is totally different than the goyim's neshama. Our neshama is created direct, directly to HaKadosh Buhu. As it says, the light of HaKadosh Buhu, the candle of HaKadosh Buhu, Ner Hashem nishmas Adam. And Adam, we know, the Gemara says, represents Bnei Yisrael, not the goyim. 
So we're connected, our neshama is connected directly to HaKadosh Baruch Imal, as opposed to the Goim. And the uh, Moritika idea that the Chai Adam writes in brackets, he writes that the acronym of these words, Shelo Asanu Kigrei Aratzois, is Shin Ain Kaf Hey, which is 395, which is the same as the neshama. And together, indeed, it comes to show us that the neshama of a yid is different than the, than the goy. I want to end up with a story I just heard two days ago. Exemplifies this idea, bringing us closer to HaKadosh Buhu, but it requires that we take the first step. Rav Steinman, Zecher Tzadik Livrocha, suddenly he had a kid running, trying to burst into his house. He had tears in his eyes. He was 19 years old. And he tried, he banged on the door, he begged to get in there, but the Gabayim didn't let him in. But he kept asking, he was on the fence outside begging to let him in. So eventually he lets him in. Before he goes in, he asks the Gabay, please don't interrupt me. I want you to promise me you won't interrupt me when I speak to Rav Steinman. So the, the Gabay said, what do you mean? I'm doing you big chesed here that I'm letting you in. Everyone wants to come in here all the time. I'm letting you in and you're telling me I have to promise you. So. This boy, this buffer said, I'm sorry, you're right, you're doing me a favor, but, but it will really help me if you do this chesed to me. He goes, anyways, I, won't, I don't bother people, so don't worry about it. This person looked like he was very, uh, a very lost soul. He didn't have a yarmulke on his head. And he seemed like, he, on the other hand, he seemed like he was very, he really cared. He wanted to speak to Rav He goes to Rav and he kept saying, Rav how about I get you a hamburger? The best hamburger of all times. Everyone's gonna, everyone loves this hamburger. Steinman didn't know what he's talking about. He probably doesn't even know what a hamburger means. I'll get you the best pizza, the best pizza. Pizza, it tastes amazing. You want me to get you a great falafel? And the Gabba is looking at him and he's saying, what is this chutzpah? This is so far from where Steinman is holding. Well, what is he doing? So he kicked him out. Meanwhile, other people come in. He's crying, he's begging to come in again. The, the Gabba doesn't know what to do. It's, on the one hand, it's chutzpah for him to, how can I let him speak to Steinman? On the other hand, he saw, he saw this hurt neshama was crying. So he let him in. But he said, listen, you're being warned again. You cannot speak the way you spoke last time. He goes to Rav Steinman and again he says, again, the same type of talk, but what if I get you the best falafel? Rav Steinman gets up, and he wasn't young, he was in his 90s. He gets up, looks at the bachar in the eye and says, special yid. What is bothering you? Why don't you tell me what's hurting you? I can see something's hurting you. He tells him, I come from a very important Chashev family. I went to Yeshiva Ketana. And there, the learning was great the first year and a half, but then I didn't get into the learning. It wasn't sweet for me. I didn't like it anymore. So I got kicked out. Then I went to another Yeshiva because I'm, my family's connected. And over there also, I went to the street after that because also there, I wasn't connected to the learning. What can I do? Even though a lot of people like learning, the learning is not sweet to me. For me, I don't enjoy it. And that's what he said to, to Rav Steinman. Rav Steinman looked at him in the eye and he said again to Rav Steinman, just like the falafel, the pizza, the hamburger doesn't talk to you, so too, Unfortunately, the learning don't, doesn't talk to me. There's many people that love pizza and falafel and hamburgers. And I know there's also many people that like learning. But I, what can I do? I wish I was into it. I wish, but I'm not. Rav Steinman then opened up to him and said to him, 
a, a personal story. He said, you know, before I moved to Bnei Brak, I was very, very poor. I lived in Kfar Saba. There I had almost nothing. What did I eat on Shabbos on the regular day? I went to fields, I took hefker, whatever was left, the fruits that were left. That's it. I barely ate. And then one day comes to visit me an old friend. And this old friend, I was so happy to see, and I wanted to give him something to eat, but I had nothing in my house. So I look in all the cupboards, and finally, Baruch Hashem, I forgot I had this little jug, a container of honey. Honey, a sweet thing, it'd be great. I said, come, have a bit of honey with me. And my friend takes this honey, my childhood friend takes this honey, and he spat it out and he said, what is this? Uh, I, it was a bracha levatal, I can't even believe I said a bracha on it. And the Steinman said to this bachor, that's 19 years old by the way, I am so, I was so embarrassed. It hurt me so much. I so badly wanted to give him something to eat. And even the little thing I had, it wasn't good for him. And then I said, how can it be that it's so bad? I took a spoon of honey for myself. It was geshmak, it was amazing. Then I told my friend, please open your mouth for a second. And I looked in his mouth. I should say, I couldn't believe what I didn't see. Because there's everything there. There were cuts, there was blood, there was pus. And I told him, of course the honey's not sweet for you. Because something's wrong with your mouth. You have to fix your mouth. Turns Rav Steinman with a pause to the Bachar and says, Can you please tell me the truth? Tell me, how do you use your mouth? Do you say Lashon Hara? Do you speak not nicely about people? How do you use your mouth? The Bachor was a bit embarrassed. He looked down and he said, it's even a hobby of mine to do these things, to be honest, and burst out crying. So Rav Steinman said, you know what? What I want you to do is to go, today's Sunday, come back in three days from now, come down back on Wednesday, and I'm telling you right now, the only question I'm gonna ask you on Wednesday is, did you have a clean mouth? Did you not speak badly about anyone, not Lashon Hara, not make fun of anyone? That's all I'm gonna ask you. And indeed, the Bachur comes back and he says to Rosh Taiman, Rosh Taiman asks him, no, did you keep your promise? And he said, yes, I did. And he started learning Mishnayis, Maseches Brachos from the beginning. And he says, okay, today's Wednesday, I want you to come back on Sunday. I'm not gonna ask you if you put fillin on, I'm not going to ask you if you kept Shabbos. I'm not going to ask you if you said brachos. I'm only going to ask you one question. Did you keep your mouth clean? So it goes, he came on Sunday and they continued learning. And suddenly the learning became gishmak. And this became a long journey of several years that they learned together twice a week. And things totally changed. Why? In my opinion, aside from the bracha of Rishtayman, of course, and aside from the fact that every Yid can reconnect HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but I think the main reason is that this person took the first step. The first step was number one, then he ran to Rav Steinman and did his utmost to get there. And number two, that he kept his mouth clean. And from then, by today, he is a very chashiv person. Yivatzon that will all continuously do the first steps the first steps on our level to get closer and closer to Kaddish Bukhu because as we know life is a ladder and we want to continue to grow 
and get closer to Kaddish Baruch Have a good Shabbos. Thank you for joining us. This is the Prism of Torah. Visit our website, prismoftorah.com, where you'll find a full archive of hundreds of past every Torah. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and don't forget to share with your friends and family. Sponsorship opportunities are available for all of our episodes. Thank you, Yonavefa, for your recording equipment. Produced by Ellie Podcast Productions.